The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Previously on ARC. And coming up, right now, the final category, Best Picture. And the nominees are The Big Short, Bridge of Spies, Brooklyn, Mad Max Fury Road, The Martian, The Revenant, Room, and Spotlight. Spotlight's going to win. Spotlight deserves its win. It was one of my favorite movies. Um, it meant more to you, I know, than it did to me because of your background in journalism. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it meant a lot in terms of history and geography. I'm just mad that Inside Out wasn't nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, um, I-, I agree with what you said. Spotlight is going to win, and it should win. And if it happens, it's going to be the first time since 2000. Three, I believe, when the best picture was also my favorite movie, and that was Return of the King. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've had that since then. We almost got that with Gravity. And the Oscar goes to... Spotlight. God bless To the movies. The good movies. To every possible kind. Make it so. Where are my dragons? Welcome to Earth. Stick around. No slices for white. Clever girl. And they mostly come at night. Mostly. I'm 37. Are you the key master? I'm Omar. Who the hell are you? Omar! Omar coming down. Omar Omar coming down. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the fourth annual Academy Award Show. My name is Omar Latiri, and I am here with my good friend Jordan Rose of the JordanBlog.com, as always. Hello, Omar. Thank you for having me at your lovely apartment once again. Yes, this is actually our fourth different location. We've hosted this show uh, at four different locations. The first one was at my old apartment in Gaithersburg. The next was uh, at your house in Alexandria. And uh, then at another apartment of mine in Columbia. And now we're here back in Gaithersburg. Well, since we've done Maryland twice in a row, I think the next two awards need to be back in Virginia. I have no problem with that. (laughs) As always, this show is brought to you by ARC's Amazon page. Clicking the Amazon button at artsreviewandcommentary.com helps this show and all the other shows in the Realm Network continue to produce free, on-demand entertainment. Also, don't forget to listen to Buzz Burbank News and Comment, where yours truly provides weekly entertainment updates on new movie releases. So, here we are, fourth time, and as we heard from the clips earlier in the show in the opening, we called it. Yeah, we did, and uh, I was very satisfied last year when Spotlight actually won Best Picture. It was the first time in a long time that I felt good turning off the TV at the end of the award show. Yeah, that was a very good experience. I was also just happy that we called a lot of the winners correctly. Yeah, we did. We got a lot of them right. I think Mark Rylance may have been one of the the ones that we didn't predict. But, I mean, it was kind of predictable overall, but I, I, I enjoyed what happened last year. Uh, I'm not sure if it's going to be the same way this year, but we'll see. Well, one of the things that was disappointing about last year that we kind of touched on last year was the whole Oscar so white controversy. A lot of our picks or snubs that we had uh, 
were mentioned, you know, like Ryan Coogler, mm-hmm. Michael B. Jordan. Um, who else? Um, Idris Elba. Yeah, Idris Elba, for sure. He wasn't even nominated. And I think we're not going to really see that that much this year. I'm looking at my snubs over the different categories. They're not really that many to really complain about. Right. And some of the snubs that I have are actually from white actors and actresses. Uh, I wonder if the Academy, like, overcorrected for it. And we may get into that when we discuss the nominees for the various uh, different categories. Now, of course, over the years, we as audience members have agreed or disagreed with what won or what should have been nominated. And there have been some real stinkers in the past. There have been questionable selections for who gets nominated and also for who won. So what we're going to do now is Jordan and I are going to go over our three worst or three least favorite Academy Award winners for Best Picture. So go ahead, Jordan. Give me your list. Uh, okay, so the worst one for me, which I'm, i got to believe it's yours too, is 1998, uh, when Shakespeare in Love beat Saving Private Ryan for Best Picture, which is still a, a huge crime in my opinion, and I, I still don't know why that happened. <laughs> That's actually, yes, that is on my list. Let's refresh the audience's memory at who else was nominated that year. So it was Shakespeare in Love, Elizabeth, Life is Beautiful, The Thin Red Line, and Saving Private Ryan. We had four stinkers and one really good movie, in my opinion. The Thin Red Line was so bad. That's that's your opinion. I watched it recently, and when I say recently, I mean like a couple of years ago, and I absolutely loved that movie. Not as much as Saving Private Ryan, but definitely way more than Shakespeare in Love. And uh, Life is Beautiful, I wouldn't call it a stinker, but I would call it really manipulative. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was uh, one of those cases where you have a movie that, of course, takes place during the Holocaust, so naturally, it's going to get a nomination. Yeah, true. And for me, uh, that I, I can't explain why that happened. I guess it was... Simply, they didn't want to give Spielberg, uh, you know, he won best, did he not win best director? That yeah, yeah, he did. He won best director. So they just didn't want to give him too much, I guess. I don't know why that happened. Maybe Gwyneth Paltrow had something to do with it. I think uh, I actually had, I did an episode on this a couple of years ago about how the uh, Weinstein brothers and Miramax That's right. mm-hmm. did a they whole a bunch. Campaign. All they did was campaign, and mm-hmm. this was a very, very political uh, politically driven selection. And, and that also goes with uh, one of the other worst Best Picture nominees that I have. But go on on your no, list. No, no, go ahead. Go, go so, with your, your next one. Well, the one that I got, and I know you're going to disagree with me on this, Gladiator. Mm, I really like Gladiator. I, When I first saw Gladiator, I fell asleep. So did I. I think I saw it with you. At the Uptown. And the reason I fell asleep was because it was my birthday and I had too much to drink before I saw it. And I was up really early that day. Um, But that didn't stop me from noticing things that really bugged me about the movie. Um, This is going really into the weeds with it. But I remember there's a scene where it's sort of like the Don Corleone scene in Godfather where all of the senators are getting killed. And there's a snake that goes into one of the senator's beds, and it was this red, black, and yellow snake. 
and that snake is indigenous to North America. Oh, come on. But no, it's like, why would you show that? Because that's like saying you're going to do a movie about uh, the American Midwest, and in the background you see a zebra running. Okay, but that's kind of nitpicking. Okay, yeah, a it really is nitpicky. Good movie, in my but opinion. I think I was spoiled from Braveheart. Okay. I thought Mel Gibson's direction in Braveheart spoiled me for Ridley Scott, and I did not get what was going and on. And you still don't like Gladiator scenes. now, really? Um, I mean, I'm sure you've seen it a couple times. I've seen it a couple times, but here are the other nominees that year: Chocolat, which didn't deserve to be on there. No. But here, uh, there's Aaron Brockovich, which was okay. But the two ones that I enjoyed way more than Gladiator: Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and Traffic. Traffic was good. I, I can give you traffic, but honestly, for me, I just, that's one of my favorite movies is Gladiator, so I can't, I, I can't really get behind you here, but. That's yeah. fine. What do you ask for? And, and I think what I'm going to say next is probably going to get you mad, because actually all the of the best picture snubs I really think are in the 90s, and one of which is 1990, when Dances with Wolves won best picture, and that's a, it's, it's an okay movie. I haven't seen it in a while. It's not, not one of my favorites, but I mean, it was all right. Uh, but a little movie called Goodfellas came out the same year. Mm-hmm. And I've seen Goodfellas probably 20, 30 times since then. And every time I see it, I think to myself, how did this not win Best Picture that year? I, uh, I loved Dances with Wolves. And, but if Goodfellas had won, I wouldn't have been upset because that is a fantastic movie. Yeah. I, you know, that's not a case for me where I think one should definitely have won over the other. And, and that's kind of where my other one kind of lies in 1994 when Forrest Gump won. Now, I really uh, like Forrest Gump too. But Pulp Fiction was that same year. Yeah. And every time I just saw Pulp Fiction in the night, I'm like, this is a damn good movie. How did this not win Best Picture? And when I, uh, for, I remember seeing a lot of the movies that came out that year. And I was happy that Forrest Gump won over Pulp Fiction. I am not anymore. Pulp Fiction is a much superior movie to Forrest Gump. And, and, and the strange thing about that year, I mean, you could argue that 1994 was the best year in film history. Because if you look at the IMDb Top 25 or Top 250 list, uh, Shawshank Redemption, same year, is number one. Yeah. I don't really think it deserves to be number one, but that... Forrest Gump and Pulp Fiction are all in the top 13 of all time. All came out in the same year. It's crazy. So, The last one I have actually came out in the 70s. And this movie I, I hated. I hated from minute one. And it's Midnight Cowboy. I, I don't, I've never seen it. Okay. If they did a remake, like a shot-for-shot remake... With Will Ferrell as the John Voight character and Ben Stiller as the Dustin Hoffman character, I think it would be one of the funniest <laughs> comedies ever. This was absolute garbage as far as I was concerned. It's like, what is wrong with the 70s? And here are the other nominees from that year. Three of these, or two of these you may not have heard of. Anne of the Thousand Days, Z. There's Hello, Dolly, which is a yes. fun musical. And Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. I haven't seen that either. You have to see that movie. <laughs> that should have won Best Picture. That has a lot more cultural significance and much more like longer-lasting staying power than Midnight Cowboy. Mm-hmm. Midnight Cowboy was rated X. Yep. And for reasons that would not be rated X today. Mm-hmm. 
And maybe that had something to do with it. I think people were like, oh, this is, you know, strange and, <laughs> and ooh, sexual revolution. Yes. And it just seems so dated. Right, so the only other two that I would consider, and these are kind of nitpicky, is English Patient winning over Fargo in 96. Fargo, I thought, was a much better movie. Oh my gosh, that's right. I thought Fargo won. No, no. no. Fargo won for Best uh, uh, Actress. Frances so, McDormand won. Yeah. And did the Coen brothers win? Mm, no, I think they won for No Country for, for Old Men, which is another Okay. Movie. Yeah, English Patient. Oh. And the only other thing I would say, in 2009, Hurt Locker won, but... I kind of want a District 9 to win. But, right. you know, that's just a personal preference. <laughs> well, moving on to what we enjoyed this year. So we're not going to give you our top ten. We're going to give you our top five. Uh, Jordan, give me your top five. Okay, I'll go in reverse order, which is the way I like to do things. And if you would like to see my top ten, please go to thejordanblog.com. I have my list up that I do every year. And uh, if you don't like my list, you can tell me why you don't like it. And I may or may not listen to you. <laughs> so, uh, number five for me is 10 Cloverfield Lane. John Goodman was super awesome in that movie. Uh, go see it if you haven't seen it. Uh, number four, Moonlight, which is a movie I know Omar will not have on his top five list. Uh, number three, Hell or High Water. Very good modern day Western. And number two, La La Land. And we'll get into that, I'm sure, a lot in this podcast. And number one is Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. All right. Those are good lists. We'll talk about Moonlight when we get there. Mm-hmm. Um, and Hell or High Water. I, uh, I have a strong feelings about that movie, especially in comparison to La La Land. Yep. Uh, here's my list. Number five. Are these all going to be comic book movies? <laughs> uh, one of them is. Okay. Number five, Zootopia. Wow, okay. Yeah. I mean, right out of the gate, you know, in 2016, I really had a fun time watching that movie. Okay. Uh, number four, even though I didn't see it in the calendar year of 2016, it still resonates with me. Lion. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three, Eye in the Sky, yes. which I know is in your top ten. Yeah, I think it's number ten or number nine on my list. I love that movie because of the whole political and the Air Force thing. Uh, number two... Your number one pick, Rogue One, a Star mm-hmm. Wars story. Yep. And my favorite movie I, I of 2016, Captain America Civil War. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh my gosh. I, I, I've i had that on a loop on Netflix. Yeah, and I just saw it up on your shelf too, so it's there. Um, yeah, Captain America Civil War is, is a was a good movie. I was thoroughly entertained by it. I just barely missed my top ten list, but, you know, I can... Knowing you and knowing your background with those type of movies, I can see why that's number one. Right. So those were our top movies for 2016. And now we're going to go over our picks for the Academy Award winners for the 89th Academy Awards set to air on February 26th on ABC. So with, uh, just Jimmy a, Kimmel hosting, which we'll be, I'm excited for. I'm curious to see how he's going to uh, be compared to Chris Rock, who did a phenomenal job last year. Yeah, I, I just think that he he's very entertaining. Everything that he does on his show, I, I enjoy watching. So I'm looking forward to it, because okay. I like him as a person. I actually enjoy his segments with Matt Damon, mm-hmm. which I am really hoping I'm they sure will... I'm sure Matt Damon will do something zany on the show. Okay, that, that actually I'm really excited for. <laughs> Matt Damon! 
Now, this uh, list that we're going to do is by no means comprehensive. We're only going to do 16 categories. Only 16? Only 16. We are not going to go over documentary feature, documentary short subject, foreign language film, makeup and hairstyling, short film animated, short film live action, sound editing, and sound mixing. Let me just add in here that OJ Made in America is going to win Best Documentary. All right. And I think Piper is going to win Short Film Animated. Yes, I agree. Although um, there was another Pixar one that was really, really moving. There uh, were two Pixar shorts? Yeah, yeah, oh, there were two Pixar shorts. I just remember shorts. the bird one. Though. Oh, the bird one. The Piper. Yeah, and that's because the other one was pretty much like rated R. It is uh, Borrowed Time. Okay. Look up Borrowed Time. Right. You'll be like, oh my God. Rated R Pixar, I'm down. Yeah. All right, so our first category is Best Costume Design. Jordan, can you give us the nominees for Best Costume Design, please? Certainly. We have Allied uh, by Joanna Johnston, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, Colleen Atwood, Florence Foster Jenkins, Consolata Boyle, Jackie, Madeline Fontaine, and La La Land, Mary Zoffrey. So, who do you think should win and who do you think will win? Or vice versa. Well, I think they're both one and the same in this category, which is La La Land, uh, Mary Zoffries. I thought that, you know, throughout the movie, they had a a lot of different costumes, uh, a lot of different colors in the costumes, and I thought it was very effective and actually added to the overall look of the movie, so I would pick that one. This is actually a category that I couldn't care less (laughs) about this year. La La Land is going to win. La La Land is going to win a lot of these categories. I am torn, though, between giving it to Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, simply because uh, it's a fantasy movie, and that requires a lot more ingenuity and imagination in producing costumes. But La La Land was a lot more vibrant. Uh, you could tell that there a lot of work went into the vision, and Damien Chazelle's vision definitely translated onto the screen. So... Yeah, La La Land should win. I would think maybe Jackie has a chance, too, with the costumes for Jackie Kennedy. But right. Who knows? Who maybe. Really cares? It's costumes. Did you see Jackie? I did see Jackie. What did you think? I thought it was pretty good. I didn't think it was was outstanding by any means, but I thought Natalie Portman's performance was really good. And Yeah, we'll get to that in the uh, Best Actress category. Mm-hmm. And the next category is Best Production Design. And the nominees are Arrival, Patrice Vermette and Paul Haught, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, Stuart Craig and Anna Pinnock, Hail Caesar, Jess Gonshore and Nancy Hay, La La Land, David Wasco and Sandy Reynolds Wasco, and Passengers, Guy Hendricks Diaz and Gene Serdana. Wow, I don't know if I'm pronouncing any of these names right. <laughs> and it doesn't matter. I don't think anybody really cares. Right, so... <laughs> Arrival is uh, picked to win for this one, and I am, I'm okay with that, but I don't think it should win. Even though the um, production design was fantastic, I, actually this one, I'm going to give it to Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, because there was a lot more variety in the sets that had to be designed. Uh, Arrival just took place, like, either on the spaceship or on the tent or in a house, And there wasn't anything that spectacular about it. Whereas in Fantastic Beasts, when you get into this whole wizarding world of J.K. Rowling, you're taken away to a completely different world. Yeah, uh, my pick 
uh, on my end would be La La Land. And I think La La Land is going to win. Now, you might say, you know, it's a musical. There's only so much they can do for production design. But the opening sequence of the film, the five-minute or so uh, musical number that's on the overpass, that, that took a lot of uh, work to actually pull that off. I have to give you that. That and the uh, planetarium dancing in the stars. Yeah, there, there's scene. just a lot of numbers throughout the movie that they had to set it up perfectly, and I thought that they did a great job. I don't think Passengers should really even be on this list. I shouldn't. I don't think it should be nominated for anything that wasn't that great of a movie. So, right. Well, the production design was okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, maybe. <laughs> Right, the next category is visual effects. Jordan, what are the nominees? We have, for visual effects, Deepwater Horizon. I'm not going to read all these names. Doctor Strange, The Jungle Book, Kubo and the Two Strings, and Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. And from my perspective, if Rogue One does not win this, I will be very upset. Although, I think it's going to go to The Jungle Book. From what I've heard, The Jungle Book seems to be a lock here. I just... Don't know how you could... I didn't see The Jungle Book, so I, I can't really speak to the visual effects there, but Rogue One had some of the best visual effects I've ever seen in my entire life. You and I are in lockstep in this. The Jungle Book, I think, will win, and it's a really visually entertaining movie. I mean, yeah, I need to see it. I haven't seen it. Did You saw Life of Pi, right? Yep. Okay, and that tiger was all CGI, mm-hmm. right? Okay, they did that times a hundred with mm-hmm. all of the different animals in that movie. So maybe it will deserve to win, I guess, but... Like, if that wins, I'm not going to be upset, but I want Star Wars to win. Rogue One had an amazing visual effects sequence. I mean, everything from the Death Star to uh, Darth Vader at the very yep. end, and, like, the CGI Governor Tarkin and Princess Leia at the end, yep. although I know a lot of people were like, eh, it's you, a little uncanny a little valley um, in the area. Yeah, but just watching that movie, and this is why it's my favorite movie of the year, when you see that battle on the beach with with, with, uh, Adats walking through and the whole sheer scale of that that war, it's just, it's amazing as somebody who who grew up with Star Wars, seeing Star Wars done to this scale and scope is, is breathtaking to watch. Yes. Although I do have a snub. Oh, oh, your, your Civil War, yeah. 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 That's an American You know what? Civil you can War. take out Deepwater Horizon and put Civil War. Yeah. Because, I mean, really, Deepwater Horizon, <laughs> what are the effects there? Uh, an oil rig blows up? Is, is that amazing? I don't know. I didn't see that movie. I, I didn't either. Sorry, Marky Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Our next category is film editing. And the nominees are Arrival, Hacksaw Ridge, Hell or High Water, La La Land, and Moonlight. Now, who do you think is going to win? I think La La Land will win because it's La La Land. (laughs) But what I want to win, not because I think La La Land didn't deserve to be nominated, but I have a very, not sentimental, but an appreciation and respect for the way Mel Gibson cuts his movies. I think Hacksaw Ridge should win for film editing. And I, I like what you're saying there. I really liked Hacksaw Ridge, too. I think it was in my top ten list. Uh, and it was very well done in terms of the action sequences. But what I really want to win is my second favorite movie of the year, La La Land. And uh, I think it's going to win, too, because of just everything, how everything was cut together. It's such a, a large-scale musical that Damien Chazelle and his team had to cut up perfectly to make everything seamless. And it's just, it's just 
a well-paced movie throughout. Yeah, and and when you go back toward the uh, opening scene on the uh, mm-hmm. overpass, you can see how it could just even that alone. That was like almost one take that whole scene there, which was also very impressive. Right. Uh, next category is music original score. What are the nominees? Okay, best original score. We have Jackie, Mika, Levy, La La Land, Justin Hurwitz, Lion, Dustin O'Halloran, and Hauschka, Moonlight, Nicholas Bratel, and Passengers by Thomas Newman. Uh, this category, I think, is a virtual lock for La La Land, as many of them are. But I really want La La Land to win. I, for one, I went into this movie thinking, hey, there's this musical. I'm not much of a musical person. But going into it, it's an original score, and it's very catchy. I've been listening to it while I work, uh, in the car. Uh, say what you will about me because of that, but I like me some La La Land music. And I thought that Justin Hurwitz did a great job of putting an original take on a musical. And, you know, this is really the first original musical we've seen since South Park, almost. If you <laughs> well, there was Chicago. That's not original. Oh, original. Came, came right, 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 right. Original. I mean, the, Trey Parker and Matt Stone did their own musical, and we didn't have anything else up until La La Land. So I think it's a great achievement. You know what? I'm going to agree with you. I was going to pick Lion for who, was, who should win. Um, oh, I've swayed you. Yes, you did. Yeah. La La Land had a great score. I'm not a big fan of jazz, but Either its score complemented the movie perfectly. Mm-hmm. And, and as with Whiplash, you know, that that score was good for that movie, too. Right? Yeah. All right, La La Land. Congratulations. <laughs> you got my vote on that one. Uh, although I, I must say Moonlight's score was good, too. The, like the classical music and the way it kind of accented all of what was going on on screen. I, I thought Moonlight worked well. Again, I don't know what Passengers is doing here. I don't know who's paid off the Academy from Passengers, but this it is might too be many Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, it might yeah, be. her major star power nowadays. She got that Hunger Games money, <laughs> that X Men money. There you go. <laughs> All right, the next category is Best Original Song, and the nominees are Audition, The Fools Who Dream from La La Land, Can't Stop the Feeling from Trolls, City of Stars from La La Land. The Empty Chair from Jim, the James Foley story, and How Far I'll Go from Moana. Uh, <laughs> the uh, I, I'm 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 struggling here with this whole La La Land thing because <laughs> I mean the songs were were good, okay? It was the performances that didn't strike me as really captivating. The audition song was good. I mean, Emma Stone did a you know good job. I think it was, what, a single take in that one? Yeah, it was towards the end. Um, I, I honestly think that the best original song is not even on this list, but it's from La La Land. Which one? Uh, Another Day of Sun, which is the opening the sequence opening song, on right. the overpass. That's what I would pick to win, but I'm going to go with City of Stars. I, I, I think that's it's pretty catchy and recognizable. And I, I have to give this category to La La Land, despite these other nominees. And Justin Timberlake cannot win for that stupid song. Why can't he win? That that song came out before that movie, didn't it? How come it's part of this movie? I don't understand that. I, I don't know. Well, it's it a great song. Is it? Yeah, it's a tri- It's sort of like Happy from Despicable Me Too. <sighs> yeah, I just heard it too much, and I'm, I'm sick I'm of it. I'm not going to I never to got vote sick of Happy, it. but I got sick of that song. 
I think of these nominees, all right, City of Stars is going to win. I'm not going to dispute that. I want How Far I'll Go to win. I'm sure you do. That's not not because, song. just because it's Disney. Not just because it's a Disney princess, but because I'm rooting for Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yeah. I want him to win an Oscar so he can get his EGOT. He has an Emmy? Yeah. For what? I don't know. <laughs> but he got an Emmy somewhere. I think it was like for some kid's show or something like that. He got an Emmy, and he got his, obviously, his Tony and his Grammy mm-hmm. for Hamilton. Yep. So, and he, I think he's also got a Pulitzer Prize for Hamilton. So he, he would get a give him a Nobel Prize. Right. Or most of them have him be president. I also was hoping that You're Welcome from Moana would be nominated, just so that we could see Dwayne Johnson perform at the Oscars. Oh, that would be nice. I did not see Moana, though, so I don't even know what those It was all right. Not one of my favorites. My daughter loves it. You saying all right for a Disney princess movie means it was trash. Well, for me, I have very (laughs) high standards when it comes to it. So if I say it's all right, others would absolutely love it. Here's here's my snub. Uh, It's from Zootopia, the Shakira song. Oh, that Shakira song. That was yeah. pretty good. I like that song. Yeah. What was it called? Uh, Try Everything. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah, it was. I'll give you that. <laughs> the next category is Best Cinematography. Nominees, Jordan? Uh, the nominees are Arrival, Bradford Young, La La Land, Linus Sandgren, Lion, Greg, Greg Frazier, Moonlight, James Laxton, and Silence, Rodrigo Prieto, and you'll notice there's no Emmanuel Lubezki in this category mm-hmm. this year. So he took a nap right. in 2016. For me, I would give this personally to Moonlight. Wow. I think La La Land is going to win, but I thought the cinematography in Moonlight was amazing. Just the way they shot shot these certain scenes at night, the lighting, how they shot these the, the characters from behind. I just thought Moonlight itself was a very beautiful film to watch in terms of the way that I don't know whether it was the type of film that Barry Jenkins used, but I just I, I thought visually it was amazing. And, I, and, and I'm kind of torn because, you know, I, La La Land was amazing, too. So, you know, I'd be fine with either of those winning, but I'm sure they'll give it to La La Land. I wonder if people are thinking that I don't like La La Land. And it's actually not true. I enjoyed La La Land very much. And, which it's why I am picking this to win. Uh, it's going to go to it, but I think Slala Land should win. I really enjoyed the way, because, like, from minute one with City of Sun, or Another, another Day of Summer. What is another it day called? Another City Day of Sun. Another Day of Sun. Another Day of Sun. That sequence, you know, really set the tone. And then, at the end of the uh, first half, the second half, which deconstructed the first half, you, you notice that the colors were muted and everything was a little bit more drab to set the stage for the eventual deterioration of that relationship. And I thought it was visually compelling. Yeah, and, and I, I agree for all those things. I, I, I'm torn between those two movies. I thought those movies were the best two-looking movies of the year. Well, outside of Rogue One. Right. And Captain America Civil War. (laughs) And finally, for the end of our first half, the best animated feature film. The nominees are Kubo and the Two Strings, Moana, My Life as a Zucchini, The Red Turtle, and Zootopia. I am very surprised that 
Finding Dory didn't make this list. And I am also surprised that Secret Life of Pets didn't make this list. <laughs> I enjoyed that movie the most out of all the animated movies I saw, even more so than Zootopia. But this My Life as a Zucchini, what the hell is that? It's a foreign one. Well, that's ridiculous. The Red Turtle, though, was really good. Okay, I, did, I didn't see that. So we can put in uh, either Finding Dory or Secret Life of Pets for the Zucchini movie. Um, I saw some of these, though, and I really I thought Kubo and the Two Strings was okay. It was pretty good. Different. But Zootopia was definitely my favorite of these. It was definitely my favorite. I hope it wins. It should win. It They're should probably going to give it. I also enjoyed Sing. Another... Uh, I didn't see that. Yeah, Matthew McConaughey did two voiceover movies this year. He did uh, Kubo and the uh-huh. Two Strings and Sing. And he was a really good voice actor. Yeah. Uh, I was very impressed with uh, his ability. But yeah, I really want Zootopia to win. Yeah, I think it will. And that's the end of the first half of the fourth Academy Awards show. Stay tuned for the second half, where we will go over writing, acting, directing, and best picture. There's a fair chance you don't like the news. I get that. I'm Buzz Burbank, and I do a different kind of newscast I think you will like. I tell stories, true stories, because when you view it the right way, there's nothing more amazing than real life. I cover most of the stuff the big media outlets cover, but often with a different approach, richer in detail, and with a perspective that ties it all together so we have some idea of what it all means. I deliver stories that'll make you laugh, make you cry, and make you angry because that is the nature of life and because you cannot be a better citizen unless you understand and feel the news. I also don't cover some of the useless stories you'll find elsewhere and do cover real stories the rest of the media somehow managed to avoid. With my nearly 40 years experience in broadcast journalism and a love of writing, this is a news program that's custom made for you. Buzz Burbank News and Comment is now a weekly show, new each Thursday and available free on iTunes, SoundCloud and several other platforms and at buzzburbank.com. And we're back for the second half of the fourth annual Academy Award show. Our next category is Writing Adapted Screenplay. We have for the nominations for this category Eric Heiserer for Arrival, August Wilson for Fences, Alison Schroeder and Theodore Melfi for Hidden Figures, Luke Davies for Lion, and Barry Jenkins and Terrell Alvin McCraney for Moonlight. This category, I believe, is going to go to the movie that I wanted to go to, uh, which is Moonlight for Best Adapted Screenplay. I thought, uh, and contrary to uh, what I believe Omar thinks, uh, I thought that a lot did happen in this movie, and I enjoyed <laughs> watching this character progress um, through the different periods of his life, and I thought that the screenplay was, was really engaging. For a movie that didn't have any special effects at all and no action, I found myself fully engrossed through the whole film. Now is as good a time as any for me to explain why I did not enjoy Moonlight. I, you and I see, have seen thousands of movies, right? I, I would say thousands. Sure. And you start noticing patterns and types of stories. And this one, and I know Buzz Burbank, he also vehemently disagreed with me on my opinion on Moonlight. He, he thought it was, you know, about uh, the societal pressures mm-hmm. on this individual. Mm-hmm. Not actually this individual, but everybody else around him, too, and how to behave a certain way. Mm-hmm. 
And I felt that that was, yeah, I got that. I also saw how that was in Brokeback Mountain, in a sense. But here in this year where it sort of like was a rebuke of Oscar So White, we have this movie about black life. But it was so stereotypical. It was so like, let's make a movie about black life. Okay, we'll make the dude a drug dealer. Yeah, but it's... Let's make his mother a crack whore. Okay, the, the, the way the drug dealer was portrayed, it's, it's not like most of the drug dealers you see in movies. It was different. How, how different was it? Well, it just the, the way he acted, the way he cared about the, the kid, it just seemed to me like it's such a typ- typical drug dealer you know, kind of, you know, down, down in the dumps. And it, it just seemed like, you know, it, it's, it's kind of cliche to say it's a drug dealer with a heart of gold, but that's kind of what it was. And Did you see, have you ever seen The Wire? No, I haven't seen The Wire. Okay. I, I need to see The Wire. Yeah, you do need to see I, The I Wire. And there are a lot of themes in The Wire that were done better than what was shown in Moonlight. And that's probably why I was like, you know, come on. I, I just thought that the acting of those three kids or... I guess the last one who looked like 50 cent, but yeah. uh, what, what was, was all very well done. And the acting throughout even Naomi Harrison, she's playing a, a cracked out mother, but damn, she gave a good performance. Yeah. She gave a good and performance. Yeah. I, I just thought that I, I just really enjoyed that movie. It's well, hard she gave to explain a great performance, it. But what was she playing? You know, she was playing, she wasn't playing a mathematician. No. Like the figures in the hidden Okay. Figures. So you have to play a mathematician to, to give a good performance. It's not that it's that we've gotten like, think about all of the performances we had last year, you know, from the snubs. Okay. Like, um, Will Smith was a snub yeah. for playing a physician. Yeah. Uh, uh, Michael B. Jordan was snubbed for playing a, a, a boxer. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so you you're know, saying that somebody played a, a crack mom. Because they're they're black, it's okay to give them a nomination. I think that it's cliche to give them a nomination. <sighs> okay, I just don't look as deep into it as that. Right, I, I look at it, and I guess I am looking pretty much deep into it. And and I do question whether I am being too harsh on Moonlight. But my initial gut reaction was that I was so I was rolling my eyes during a lot of it. Yeah, not me. <laughs> but we haven't even gone over what I think should win. Yeah, I believe Moonlight will win, but my pick is for Lion. I really, really love that movie. Like I said, it was in my top five of the movies that uh, came out, and it really resonated with me in terms of this kid who gets, you know, plucked out of a terrible environment, but he still has one foot still at home. And, you know, he assimilates, he grows up as an Australian, but he still is hungering for, you know, he's missing. You know, he felt like he, he you know, left something behind. And I thought it was a very, very touching experience. And, and, and it's a really good story, and it's based off of a true story. Right. And to be honest, that movie, uh, I, I probably connected the most with it from an emotional standpoint of all the movies that were nominated just because the ending is, you know, is, is very sad or, you know, happy in a way. Yeah. What happens, we don't want to give it away, but you kind of know right. what happens. But also but, the, the use of technology. Yeah. It was also the same, it was the same way that I felt the use of technology made Spotlight uh, a great movie mm-hmm. where, you know, they were doing that stuff on the Excel sheet. Right. And here, in this case, it was Google Earth. Yep. And I mean, it was... It was really good. It really, I it really touched me. You also put technology in eye, eye in the sky as well. Yeah. 
So. Yeah, that too. Technology and politics, everything coming together. Yep. All right. The uh, next category is, here we are, the acting category. Oh, sorry. Writing original screenplay. Uh, the nominees are Hell or High Water by Taylor Sheridan, La La Land by Damien Chazelle, The Lobster by Yorgos Lanthimos and Ephemus Filippou. God bless you. Thank <laughs> you. Manchester by the Sea by Kenneth Lonergan, and 20th Century Women by Mike Mills. I believe The Lobster is the only one of these where the writer did not direct it. Yeah. This is a, you know, really good achievements for all of these uh, individuals. Lala Land's going to take this one, but I actually preferred Hell or High Water. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And here's where I, I'm going to go with... Uh, why I enjoyed Hell or High Water on a different level than I enjoyed La La Land. It's like, La La Land was just L.A.-centric. I mean, there was nothing in there subtle about how this movie was about Los Angeles. Yep. And for all that La La Land was about L.A., Hell or High Water was Texas. Mm -hmm. I mean, a culture that you could not find anywhere else and uh, and i think like you and doe really like friday night lights yes right Absolutely. because of the whole texas thing uh -huh. right texas forever and that's why and i get that i get that appeal because i see that throughout hell or high water mm -hmm. i found that to be a fascinating story and with great characters taylor taylor sheridan actually made texas a character in that movie yes um, there's just so many like rundown towns they go through and that woman at the diner or where they, where they ate lunch where yeah. she was like telling them what they were going to order. That was a great scene. Right. <laughs> uh, so you want Hell or High Water to win, but you think La La Land is going to win. Correct. I want La La Land to win and I think it's going to win too, just because, you know, it's part of the, the sweeping, uh, atmosphere that Damon Chazelle's brought to this movie that he, he's got his hands in everything. And I think the story, the screenplay was very good. Now, I enjoyed The Lobster. I'm one of the few who did. And, and if The Lobster wins, which it's not going to win, I'm, I'm glad it's nominated. I'll be kind of happy with because it it's just a very weird, unique movie. I, I don't even know if you saw it. You probably I did didn't. see it. Uh, I didn't like it as much as everybody else did. The um... But it's, it's definitely, a, if you look up original screenplay in the dictionary, Lobster is a yeah. truly original movie. Very imaginative. Yeah. But I, you know, I had the same thoughts that I had with Idiocracy. You know, that's, that's an imaginative story, but it doesn't really go very far. Oh, yeah. Well, I love it. Idiocracy. I, 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 I get it. And I'm not going to fault you for that. Yeah. I just thought, like, again, with La La Land, not subtle at all. Yep. And I appreciate some subtlety in what I'm watching. And, and by the way, for La La Land, I, I saw this movie, gosh, maybe like a month or two after going to Los Angeles. We went on a vacation. For like a week, so it was particularly interesting to see that right after experiencing L.A. Uh, for the first time in a while. So I guess that, that made me a little bit more biased to the movie. I get it. The next category is Best Actress in a Supporting Role. We have Viola Davis for Fences, Naomi Harris for Moonlight, Nicole Kidman for Lion, Octavia Spencer for Hidden Figures, and Michelle Williams for Manchester by the Sea. Now, I think there are... I would say there are three really good performances here. Uh, Davis, Naomi Harris, and Michelle Williams. 
Michelle Williams is barely in that movie she's in, but she gives a damn good scene, probably the best scene of the year. But Viola Davis is going to win and deserves to win for Fences. She was just awesome throughout that movie. Very intense, and she held her own uh, with Denzel Washington. Now, she shouldn't be nominated in this category because that is the best actress performance. There's nothing supporting about her performance, but Mm -hmm. she's here, Mm -hmm. so she's going to win, and she deserves to win. Uh, I'm right there with you. Viola Davis, by far. Nicole Kidman was not in it very much, and here's the irony. She's playing an Australian. She's never played an Australian that I can think of besides, um, what was that one she was in with Hugh Jackman? Oh, yeah, Australia. I think that was the name of the movie. Oh, that one. Right. But I find it very ironic that she gets nominated for playing an Australian. Yeah. Michelle Williams, yeah, you said yourself, she wasn't in it very much. She gave a very good performance, Mm -hmm. but, man, did Viola Davis knock this out of the park. Absolutely. And and it's time she wins. Uh, And she gives really good speeches, too. She gave an excellent speech at the SAG Awards. uh, And I'm happy that she's going to win. I mean, I think she's a lock. There's one person, I don't know if I'd put her on this list, but I'd probably put her over Octavia Spencer. I thought Janelle Monet, mm. the singer, she's thoroughly impressed me this year. She was in two movies nominated for Best right. Picture. She's really good at, you know, this is a singer who's now an actress. She's very believable. Uh, she, I thought she was great in Hidden Figures, and I would actually nominate her over Octavia. She was also very good in Moonlight. Yeah, she was. And this is me saying that. Yeah. For me... Um, the only snubs that I have are uh, Elizabeth Olsen and Scarlett Johansson from <laughs> Captain America Civil War. Okay. No way <laughs> Moving on. Best Actor in a Supporting Role. The nominees are Mahershala Ali from Moonlight, Jeff Bridges, Hell or High Water, Lucas Hedges, Manchester by the Sea, Dev Patel for Lion, and Michael Shannon for Nocturnal Animals. Did you see Nocturnal Animals? I did not, but a lot of people are telling me I should. Yes, you should. It's a great movie. Yeah, Kim Wilkins, our friend Kim Wilkins. Yep. Yeah. Hi, Kim. <laughs> <laughs> now, Mahershala Ali's performance in Moonlight was spot on, but it was very brief. I thought his performance in Hidden Figures was a little bit better. Oh, no, no, his performance no, no, in Moonlight. no. I completely disagree. And I can tell you why I disagree. Why? Okay, watching him in Moonlight, just the way he like carried himself, the way he acted, the, the compassion he had for the young boy, and I forgot his name now, I just thought was so authentic and felt real to me. Black, because, I mean little, I mean Chiron. Yeah, that dude. So I know uh, Mahershala, I don't like, I cannot pronounce this guy's name, Mr. Ali. I know him as Remy Danton Remy. in House of Cards, and that's all I knew him as going into this movie. And he is so unlike Remy Danton in Moonlight. <laughs> yeah. He, he, they're completely different. So I'm like thinking to myself, this guy's a great actor. He can be somebody else. And then I watch Hidden Figures, which I saw after Moonlight. He seemed like he could be Remy Danton again. I thought his performance in Hidden Figures just reminded me a lot of Remy. And watch him just... in Luke Cage, okay. if you have a chance. I, I just think that Moonlight was just, it, it was just outstanding for him to kind of play somebody that he doesn't normally play. That's why. Now, this category for me has... Well, first of all, do you think he should win? Uh, no. Okay. But I'm, I'm, it's like 1A, 1B for me. I, okay. I, I'm totally fine if he wins, and he's going to win. Okay. Who do you think should win? Lucas Hedges from Manchester. Ah, Odyssey. all right. I, I saw, when I saw that movie, which I, I, I liked, it didn't 
did it make my oh yeah it did make my top ten list. I thought the performances were so good in that movie, but I thought Lucas Hedges just carried that movie. Like if you get another actor in there who's like a, a teenager and it just doesn't work with the chemistry with him and Casey Affleck, then that, that movie doesn't work. He was so believable as just a regular teenager. It's like Eller Coltrane in Boyhood. Yes, but even more so. I just thought I just thought he was great. He's not going to win, but I'm glad he's nominated. This category, with all these nominees, was very, very hard for me. Oh, yeah, Jeff Bridges, too. Yeah, Jeff Bridges was amazing. Uh-huh. Um, and Lucas Hedges was amazing. Michael Shannon... Um, I'm not going to say he wasn't amazing. His role in Nocturnal Animals was very, very small. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a good role in Loving. He, he was doing a lot this year. Uh-huh. Um, he did a he lot in, in that, uh... Midnight Special yep. mm-hmm. and also in Elvis and Nixon. Okay. Um, but I I want Dev Patel to win for Lion. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, I... I felt very uh, connected to mm-hmm. him. I, I related to his character being, you know, having parents of different yep. cultures and, and, and uh, growing up in, in a different one. And it was, it was touching. I really mm-hmm. enjoyed his performance. Other than that, I would say Chadwick Boseman as Black Panther in <laughs> Captain America Civil War. Sure. You know, as yeah. the Wakandan King T'Challa. I didn't. I didn't. Couldn't think of a snub in this category, and I think that that the top four. I can't speak to Michael Shannon because I didn't see it, but I think the top four are very strong. All right, the next actress in a leading role, Jordan. The nominees, please. We have Isabel Huppert for Elle, Ruth Nega for Loving, Natalie Portman, Jackie, Emma Stone for La La Land, and that damn Meryl Streep once <laughs> again for Florence Foster Jenkins. Overrated. <laughs> so. I think for me, there's two. I actually only saw two of these performances. Shame on me for only seeing two of the five nominees here, but that's what's happened this year. Emma Stone and Natalie Portman, I saw both those movies. I thought Natalie Portman was very good as Jackie, but I just don't think she was on the same level as Emma Stone, who will win and should win for La La Land. She's just, uh, you know, this is her time in Hollywood right now. She's the it actress, and it's hard not to like her. She's very likable. In this movie, she carries the whole film, and she's just at the top of her game, and I'm, I'm glad she's going to win. This La La Land would not have succeeded without the presence of Emma Stone, so she will win. I'm going to give it to her, even though a close second was Isabelle Huppert really? uh, in uh, L. basically of everything that she has to do. I mean, the... She gets raped in the beginning of the movie, and then, you know, again later on, and then it's just all of that. But it's, she, the character conducts herself in a non-typical way throughout the movie. It's, it's Paul Verhoeven, so you know it's going to be different. Yeah. Critics are saying that it's her best performance ever. Now, I haven't seen her in anything else. So I've never I heard can't. of her before a few months right. ago. Um, so, you know, good for her. But of all of these nominees, oddly enough, Natalie Portman is my least favorite. Hmm. I enjoyed her performance as Jackie, but every time I was watching it, I was watching what I thought was Natalie Portman acting as Jackie Kennedy. Yeah, I can see that. So, did you see Jobs with Ashton Kutcher? No. Okay. He nailed Steve Jobs, Mm -hmm. but it made the movie just distracting. 
Now, Michael Fassbender in Steve Jobs, he did a great job, so to speak. But he wasn't trying to mimic Steve Jobs. He just right. made the character his own, and that made the movie great to watch. So it's the difference between you know having an impression of somebody or doing an impression of somebody versus acting a role, mm-hmm. like what Daniel Day-Lewis did in Lincoln. Okay, yeah. He didn't do an impression. He, right. he became this character. I felt like Natalie Portman was doing a Jackie Kennedy impression. Yeah, I can see that for sure. Now, I didn't see Meryl Streep, so I'm sure she was fine. Oh, she was great. It yeah. was a really good movie. It takes a lot to act badly. <laughs> and if she wins, I'm not going to be upset. Uh, I think we should mention a snub in this category before we get done with this, and that's Amy Adams in Arrival, for me, at least. I thought that she was very good in that movie. I didn't love that movie. I enjoyed it. I thought it was okay. I, I wanted it to be better than what it was, but I thought Amy Adams was, was completely carried the movie, and she should have been nominated. Right. And she had a very um, captivating performance in Nocturnal Animals as well. Mm-hmm. This movie I have to see, apparently. Yes. And the next category is Best Actor in a Leading Role. And the nominees are Casey Affleck, Manchester by the Sea, Andrew Garfield, Hacksaw Ridge, Ryan Gosling from La La Land, Viggo Mortensen in Captain Fantastic, and Denzel Washington in Fences. Here, this is a lock. Denzel Washington, I believe. He's going to win. He should win. I can't see anybody else winning, even though all of these are pretty good nominees, even though I kind of would put Ryan Gosling at the bottom of this list. Well, I I can't determine this list without seeing Captain Fantastic, and I haven't seen that, so I don't know about Vigo's performance. Full frontal from Vigo Mortensen. So I think I'll skip it. (laughs) Um, But it it is so not a lock. This is going to be the... The toss-up of the evening. Casey Affleck was supposed to win. Uh, he was the front-runner for a while until Denzel won the Golden Globe and he won the SAG. And now if you look at the odds, it's, it's 50-50. So I would choose Denzel. I really thought he was awesome in Fences, and he deserved to win. I thought Casey Affleck was really good, too. It's a toss-up between them, those two as far as I'm concerned. But, yeah. I, Maybe I should say I want it to be a lock. Yeah. I I think they're they're going to reward Denzel, I think. But do not be surprised if Casey Affleck wins. If Casey Affleck wins, I am going to be a little disappointed. Not because I didn't enjoy his performance. He gave an outstanding performance. But compared to Andrew Garfield, uh, like if I were to rank this, I would put Denzel on top, followed by Andrew Garfield, followed by Casey Affleck. Mm, I don't know. I, I would put Affleck second. I thought Garfield was good. I just thought Casey Affleck was a little better. But, you know, it's, it's, that's nitpicky. I, I, I think there's a couple of snubs uh, I put here. Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks. Yes. Yeah. And I'm going to say something. And Sully, just so and we were Sully, clear. yes. And then I'm going to say something that you probably will disagree with. I don't even know if you saw this movie, but Birth of a Nation. Uh, Nate Parker ah. was super good in that movie. That movie got a lot of backlash for what he did off camera. And people just didn't support it, but I thought that he was a brilliant director and gave a great performance in a movie that was completely overlooked. Mm. Uh, another snub I have is a tie between Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans in Captain America Civil War. All right. And uh, best directing. Go ahead, Jordan. 
Okay, the nominees for Best Director are Dennis Villeneuve for Arrival, Mel Gibson, that wacky guy's back again, Hacksaw Ridge, Damien Chazelle, La La Land, Kenneth Lonergan, Manchester by the Sea, and Barry Jenkins, Moonlight. I thought Barry Jenkins was awesome. I thought Moonlight was awesome. But Barry Jenkins picked the wrong year to be up for Best Director because Damien Chazelle is the IT director in Hollywood right now, and he is going to easily win this category for La La Land, uh, a movie that would be nothing nothing without its director. Uh, his vision, he wrote the story. La La Land's going to win. Yes. And when you think about everything that went into the movie, the production was amazing. Um, Damien Chazelle deserves this win. I think he should win. He will win. But I am not going to fault Mel Gibson for turning in an outstanding job for Hacksaw Ridge. I mean, what he did was he actually directed three different movies. There was the love story in the beginning, there was basic training, and then there was the fight in Japan. Mm -hmm. And each of those could have been their own movie. And they were done... Very, very well. I was very pleased with that movie. And it's kind of interesting that Dennis Villeneuve is nominated here for Arrival when his previous two movies, Prisoners and Sicario, I thought were far superior than Arrival. So he finally gets nominated. He's a great director. But he gets nominated for a movie that just really didn't live up to my personal expectations going in. Right. And, of course, the Russo brothers getting snubbed for... (laughs) Captain America Civil War. Let's not forget Gareth Edwards for Rogue One. He should have been Yes, that too. And finally, the nominees for Best Picture, Arrival, Fences, Hacksaw Ridge, Hell or High Water, Hidden Figures, La La Land, Lion, Manchester by the Sea, and Moonlight. I think La La Land will win. I think Lion should win above La La Land, but just because I enjoyed that more. But if La La Land wins, I'm not going to be surprised. To the point where it's almost a little disappointing that La La Land is just about L.A. and it's L.A. voters voting for themselves. What do you think? Yeah, uh, that's one of the reasons why it's going to win. Uh, I think it should win. It is my favorite movie that is on this list. It's my second favorite movie of the year. And if it wins, which I think it's pretty much a lock at this point, uh, it'll be two years in a row that my uh, pick to win and the one I wanted to win is going to win. So we'll see. Uh, What I must say about this entire list, though, I noticed this as compared to other years, I liked all of these movies. There's not one of these movies that are on this list that I didn't enjoy. I would say Hidden Figures is probably the one I enjoyed the least out of all of these. Or no, maybe Arrival. I'm sorry. It's Arrival. That would be at the uh, the end of my list. But uh, not one of these movies did I not like. And, and that's that's kind of rare. I, I think last year there were probably a few in there that I didn't really care for. So I think the overall Best Picture list is a pretty good one. I'm, I'm with you there. You know how I feel about Moonlight. And I'm with you on Arrival. Sorry, Kim. But uh, <laughs> Arrival was good, but Best Picture? And if you see enough science fiction, you kind of get an appreciation for what science fiction can bring. And Arrival didn't do that for me. Uh, But yeah, now Hidden Figures for me, I really, really liked. And I kind of think Taraji P. Henson got a little bit of a snub. Oh yeah, absolutely. I thought she was the best actress in that movie. Um, I just saw Hidden Figures recently and I saw it with my, my stepson and my wife and they both really liked it. 
uh, I just wasn't as enthusiastic about it. Maybe because I had seen uh, two other Ron Howard movies that kind of was this movie in terms of Apollo 13 and uh, A Beautiful Mind. Right. So there's a lot of that yeah. mashed up into this. And there's and also I, like the right stuff yeah. in there too, mm-hmm. um, which kind of you have to know in order to appreciate what went on. Yeah. Um, because, you know, if you know that Alan Shepard went first and then Gus Grissom and then John Glenn. Yeah, then I you would, all that stuff. Yeah. So, and then you have the IBM computer. That was a pretty interesting thing too. I, I thought it was kind of cool that, you know, you think about the word computer and back then before they actually had the hardware right. computers that... Well, people are computers. Yeah, so what's your job? I'm a computer. <laughs> no, you're not. You're a person. <laughs> and, you know, the snub of the year, of course, is Rogue One, a Star Wars story. <laughs> and Captain America Civil War. Well, there's always hope for Infinity Stone or whatever that movie's going to be called when it comes out. <laughs> yeah, well, three new Marvel movies coming we out. We have three new Marvel movies next year. Well, well three Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. This year. Because um, Logan is also going to be out. Yep. And I think this year is going to be a really good year for movies in terms of movies that we like. Right. With the new Alien movie coming out soon, I think in May. And then, uh, you know, the Star Wars Episode Eight. Well, that's it for this year's fourth annual Academy Awards show. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, please like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash arcreviews. Follow the show on Facebook at arcreviews. Don't forget to shop Amazon and Fandango at artsreviewandcommentary.com. Jordan, what plugs do you have? Uh, if I have to plug anything, it's my website, thejordanblog.com, where I write reviews uh, whenever I see movies, and I get top 10 lists every year. So go and enjoy Yes, read his blog, thejordanblog.com. Great writing, great analysis. And thank you very much for listening. My name is Omar Latiri. I'm Jordan Rose. And this is our... The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network. Uh, As always, this show is brought to you by ARC's Amazon page. Pressing and clicking the... As always, this show is brought to you by ARC's Amazon page. Click on the Amazon button at artsreviewandcommentary.com to help this show and all the other shows on the Realm Network continue to... God damn it.